Hey everyone, it's James, the Notorious Banker. Coming up on my podcast, we're going to be talking about bank workers getting screwed royally this week. There are reports of up to 50,000 people about to lose their job at Wells Fargo. It's an insane number, so we're going to get into that a little bit. But our main topic is something that you heard first on this podcast over a month ago. Bank of America is ending the $200 a week pandemic pay for its in-branch employees and call center employees. And um, they're citing business as usual as the reason for ending the pandemic pay. I'm going to get into how full of crap Bank of America is with this. And honestly, in a world where, yes, I was once an employee myself inside a branch, I'm going to tell you how underappreciated those people are and how $200 is just a drop in the bucket to what they're actually worth to that company. So that's coming up on the Notorious Banker podcast. Hey everyone, it's James and welcome to the Notorious Banker Podcast. 2,888 amazing followers at BankBetterGuy on Twitter. Dozens of subscribers at Patreon.com slash NotoriousBanker. Where for as little as a $1 subscription, you could help yours truly, the Notorious Banker, fight back against big banks. Once again, everyone, thank you so very much. I really do appreciate it. And I really appreciate the feedback on my um, Voting for Bank Employees podcast a few days ago. It was one of those podcasts that I was kind of afraid to get into because I'm not a political person by any means. I love politics, but I do not choose sides. I am neutral right down the middle. I vote my conscience, but I don't gravitate towards one way or the other. And I think that's the way that I like it. Thank you very much. But I am for the worker inside a bank. And you'll notice in this podcast, we're talking more about employees at big banks again. But I was more about the worker getting the allotted time that they are allowed, that they are told that they could have inside their internal websites inside banks. And I know that they're going to get burned out of it. And it's going to make even a tougher task of voting on election day that much harder because of the crazy amount of interest that's going on in this year's election. And in this world of voter suppression or um, apathy or even just the fear of going to a polling place because of you know catching COVID-19, I know that there's a lot of people just trying to figure out what they're going to do. And to, to have a bank kind of sow seeds of doubt inside your brain about, well, you should have gone earlier, you should have done this and done that, I think it's just wrong. They're not telling you who to vote for. They're telling you when you can vote whenever they said, hey, you can vote during this time. And I'm just really worried about those employees. I'm sure I'm going to hear some... Um, you know, low low level channel conversation about this going on with the people that are working at Bank of America and Wells Fargo that um, kind of feed information to me from the inside. I mean, I, I, I talk about these internal things because hell, people DM me just upset with their lot in life working at these big banks. And I know what you're thinking is like, well, screw them. They all suck. They don't all suck, okay? You know, branch employees I have a heart for because branch employees, um, a lot of them are the only friends that I still have. And I know how hard they work. I know how much they get screwed by the corporate infrastructure that totally burns them from being able to help people efficiently. So I know it can be frustrating for the customer, but trust me, in most cases, it's twice as frustrating for the employee because they're the front-facing, you know, people at a bank. You know, whenever Wells Fargo fucks up or Bank of America fucks up, it's that person right in front of you that's Bank of America or Wells Fargo. It's not, you know, some manager somewhere in the middle of nowhere who changed a rule that caused you to be burned on whatever request you were trying to do. And, you know, that's just the way that it goes at big banks. I understand that. And most big companies at, at that 
But you got to understand that with branch employees, I am really partial to them because I was one for 13 years. And I went from, you know, gloriously just naive and not really caring or wondering who's pulling the puppet strings behind the scenes at big banks to actually being you know, a manager, a sales manager, having goals, having, you know, getting coached and telling, you know, employees to do better because you're making me hurt and that high stress industry that you know branch banking is in is just not for everyone and anyone but it made me learn a lot and hell that's why i do the notorious banker podcast here so today's podcast is going to be about the worker because there's a couple of things going on at both bank of america and wells fargo i want to get into Uh, but i wanted to just give you some news and notes first um is speaking of election day i am going to take the full day off of tweeting i'll do a couple of you know tweets here or there on twitter at bank better guy on election day maybe some couple fun facts or something but i'm not going to do the aggressive you know one-on-one tweeting and helping out customers the way that i normally do um just because i really want to take all of this election stuff in and i really think you should too and yes it is a bank day yes it is a working day i will be checking twitter but i will you know be asking anyone who needs my help Hey, you know, give me a shout on Wednesday morning and I'll be glad to follow up with you on whatever's going on. So um, I'm going to make a a notorious disappearance on Election Day. So be on the lookout for that. Also, I'm going to upload the Notorious Banker video podcast number two coming up. I talk about a couple of things in there that um, we've kind of alluded to in the audio podcast, but you get to see cool visuals, and that's the great thing about these video podcasts, and I've gotten a lot of great feedback from my listeners about the video podcast, because one, you get to see my ugly head, so um, if you're really looking forward to seeing my ugly head, well, you're going to get 50 minutes of it plus. Um, but the horrible bank reviews thing is something that people love um, because it's interactive, because they can go to their local branch, send me the link, you know, at Bank Better Guy on Twitter or the Notorious Banker at gmail.com. And I'll look for that one star review in their branch and I'll tell them why they got that one star review. And now sometimes it's not funny, sometimes it's not a sexy thing to talk about, sometimes it's a legitimate, they deserve the one star review, and sometimes it's just an angry, crazy person. But I really like the interaction in that because so many people have horror stories stories at their individual branch and keep in mind there are thousands of wells fargo branches like 5500 at one point in time recently and 4300 bank of america branches so the opportunities are endless to talk about horrible customer service at big banks and of course on the podcast we're talking mostly about b of a and wells fargo chase and city are not in my footprint but i will be glad to review any of those horrible banks as well just um send me an email or send me a dm at bank better guy or the notorious banker at gmail.com and i'll get to your horrible bank review kind of rip that off from the podcast and video series on youtube another dirty room where they're just rating and reviewing these horrible rooms and it really inspired me to talk about you know they talk about shit hotels well i like talking about shit banks because that's just who i am and that's just what i love to do so be on the lookout for that and a couple of bits of commentary as well. But of course, patreon.com slash notoriousbanker. I'm going to start to do video watch-alongs on YouTube um, on Patreon. And I might do it at other places too. I don't want to infringe on any copyrights directly to where I get my account suspended. But I, I do want to do video watch-alongs and tell you certain things that happen at Bank of America, Wells Fargo. and Look at old commercials and all that. I'm looking forward to doing that kind of stuff with you. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a blast. And going forward, um, we're going to be looking for more sponsors on the podcast. 
I got to tell you, you know, there was a point in time a few months ago, well, before PPP and before the stimulus and all that, where I was telling you, hey, the money's running out. And I was not bullshitting you. The money was running out. Now, the money is not running out for yours truly yet. We're getting to the six-month range here of having to figure out what I want to do with the Notorious Banker, what I want to do with the book, what I want to do with the rest of my life with this project, because I know that I want to be dedicated for you, the bank customer, and helping any way that I can, even if I'm just helping by telling you great stories, giving you good commentary, and making you laugh every once in a while, I want to do that. But guys, I'm just asking, you know, there's some amazing people out there that commit $15 a month, um, you know, and to some people, $15 is not anything when I see someone invest $15 a month in me, it makes me cry. It makes me believe that I am doing the right thing and doing a great job for the general public. So if you don't have $15, I understand. If you don't have 5 I understand. If you have $1 or $2 a month, contribute to patreon.com slash notoriousbanker. Allow me to live my dream job. And that's fighting for the customer, fighting back against big banks, talking smack along the way, giving you some entertainment while I show you how to single-handedly take down these humongous infrastructures that are major banks. You know, I am not a hacker. I am not an evil person. I don't steal money. I don't scam money. You know what I do? I get things done. You know how politicians say that, you know, I'm the guy to get things done? No, I actually get things done. I know policy and procedure. I know how to talk to customers. I know how to talk to managers because I was one. And guess what? Even when I was one, I had 30 managers above me. I know how to get things done in a world where I worked at a branch that they didn't care about. So I still succeeded. I was still number one in my region in sales because I pushed. I wanted it more. And I wasn't a horribly aggressive salesperson. I was just an honest person that people gravitated towards. And the notorious banker, although he says the F word a lot, <laughs> and he does podcasts where he just talks a lot of smack, I get things done. And frankly, I really need your support. Patreon.com slash notorious banker. If you want to do a Venmo, PayPal, Cash App donation, let me know. I'll give you the addresses. Please send it my way. That money is not going to go to boozing because I guess what? I haven't drank in two years. It is going to pay the bills, to pay the internet, to pay for computer upgrades, to pay for anything that's going to allow my podcast, my YouTube channel, and anything that is meant to entertain you and get things done to help fight back against big banks, get it done efficiently. So I really, really appreciate your thoughts in considering a donation and subscription to Patreon. But I really hope you get it done. Commit to me, and I promise you, I will commit to you forever. Plus, I am going to be a, you know, be able to work hard for thousands upon thousands of people with big banks, even if you pitch in a dollar. I just went to the grocery store to buy an oversized thing of lotion, um for my bathtub and I, I know what you're thinking perverts it's not about that i shave my head every two days and lotion is expensive you know it's like six dollars and i had this coupon and it was five dollars off five and i and i bought it and it was one dollar and seven cents for this lotion that's gonna last me about six to eight months shaving my head 
and I think about that dollar investment that I paid out of pocket, I'm like, a dollar investment leads to eight months of happy dreams because I'm going to have a nice bald head, I'm going to feel good, my head's going to feel smooth, and I'm going to look like a badass whenever I talk on my videos, and I'm going to feel like a badass when I do these podcasts. So sometimes a dollar will just do you, my friends. So please contribute to patreon.com slash notoriousbanker. I don't want to have too many commercials today. I'll have a couple of these election commercials in between. Um, we are going to look for sponsors as well. So guys, um, notoriousbanker, gmail.com, jamesandnotoriousbanker.com, 575-322-4127. If you are a sponsor, if you're interested in sending your message across the Notorious Banker podcast, please talk to me and we'll work something out. I have rates as low as $10 CPM. I think it's a really good deal for the reach that I have. Tens of thousands of people listen every single month to this podcast. Tens of thousands of people listen to my every word about how crappy banks are. And I can tell you how good your product is. I can tell how great your bank is. And I can tell these people because they believe my word and they feel my word. I can tell so many amazing listeners why your product's good, not why your bank sucks. So after this brief promotional consideration, I'm going to get into two topics. We're going to talk really, really quick about the Wells Fargo um, potential losing 50,000 jobs. And then we're going to get into the Bank of America pandemic pay story. It just really pisses me off. Um, So once again, I'll be right back after these words. All right, everyone, I'm back with more Notorious Banker. So what's going on with Wells Fargo is funny because, you know, ever since the unauthorized account scandal, I don't know how many times I have to say that because people still say fake account scandal to me and, you know, that's like a four-letter word. I don't like saying that because, once again, those accounts were not fake. They were real accounts that had real consequences, real fees, real charge-offs, real check systems notes, real credit score impacting. So they were real accounts. It was unauthorized accounts is the correct way to say it. And, you know, so much shit's went down since then. Of course, they got Stump, the old CEO, and Tim Sloan both ousted, and Stump is banned from ever working at banks again, getting fined, you know, despite the fact he bought that amazing house in Arizona, a house that I was going to go visit and drive by um, in February pre-pandemic. Um, you know, they, they made out like bandits, and the sad thing is... Whenever Wells Fargo had the unauthorized account scandal, thousands upon thousands of people were let go. And and here's the thing with the firing of people because of the unauthorized account scandal. Okay, and this was in 2016. It was four years ago. 5,300 employees were fired over 2 million phony accounts, according to CNN. And here's the thing with that. I understand I understand that they did something unethical, something immoral, but you also got to realize that you don't just randomly whip accounts out of your ass. At least the majority of those 5,300 probably didn't do that. A lot of them were probably feeling horrible, hateful stress by their market and area leaders to get accounts and get them now. So 5,300 people getting fired, I'm going to put it that down to about, I'm going to say 90% of those people were just following orders, Captain. A lot of people were just like the military. We listened to the boss, we obeyed their commands, and we got things done. And, you know, on this old CNN Money website, you know, it says Wells Fargo confirmed 5,300 employees um, were fired as a result of the shady behavior. Employees went went so far as to create phony PIN numbers and fake email addresses to enroll customers in online banking services. And... 
you know, the unauthorized accounts are one thing, but the phony PIN numbers and email addresses are the things that you should really look out for because it's not just the account being open. It's the fact that these people enrolled in online banking so they can get sales credit for online banking. They can get sales credit for an active PIN on a debit card. So, yeah, those people were doing it, but they were doing it under the constant hourly pressure of these market leaders. So I understood. I felt that pressure before, but I've never opened an unauthorized account, despite the fact I lost my job in 2018 with basically an accusation that the account that I set up was incorrect, so it must have been unauthorized because I forgot to literally put a dash in someone's driver's license number, for God's sakes. Most ridiculous thing in the world, but I lost my job as a result of it, and here I am talking to you fine folks. But let's just say, like I said, 90% of those people were just following orders. And yes, they did some horrible shit, but they weren't the ones that masterminded this unauthorized account scandal of Wells Fargo. So let's say 5,000 people were not part of the planning and overall corruption of that. And of course, with all the fines, all the reputational damage and everything Wells Fargo went through, it's lost a lot, okay? It's lost a lot of customers. It's lost its reputation. That's all you hear about on Twitter is them talking shit about 2016 still. And that's what I used to tell my old coworkers, and that's what I tell people now. I was like, it's amazing because you'll never live that down. We live in the world that people like to use stuff against you at all times, you know, if it's bad. There's some horrible things I've done in my life, not nothing criminal or anything, but yeah, there's some faux pas I've made in my life, and I can tell you 25, 30 years later, I don't talk to friends from back home because they'll still remind me of, you know, the way that I wore my hair or the way that my teeth looked or how fat I was or whatever, and it sucked, and it's embarrassing, and it's part of bullying, you know, that's just life, that's just the way it is, but Wells Fargo deserved it for what they did. I didn't deserve it as a kid. I was actually a nice kid, by the way. <laughs> um, but there's a report on WRAL TechWire, and it's been kind of circulating around on Twitter. And I didn't want to do, do a whole huge thing about it until the word comes out about what Wells Fargo's plans are. Um, of course, um, some of you may know from listening to this podcast, but if you don't, I'll tell you again. Wells Fargo is under an asset cap, and it's kind of a... Uh, it's kind of a solid number. It was kind of worked around during the PPP loan thing where, long story short, without sounding like a fucking nerd, and you know how much I hate sounding like a nerd. Yes, I can sound smart, but I don't want to sound like someone who thinks he's better than you because he's smart. They have an asset cap, which means that Wells Fargo cannot make, cannot earn, cannot be worth a certain amount of money. And that was something put forward you know, by the feds in order to kind of get their ass in control. Um, but with that and the reputational risk, they started kind of missing out on earnings. You know, they weren't making as much as they were before. And in fact, during the first real quarter of the pandemic, quarter two, they took a $2 billion haircut. And that sucks. That's a lot of freaking money. Yes, they made a profit in quarter three, and they probably will make one in quarter four. But they're trying to reduce spending by $10 billion. And they're also just trying to figure out how to streamline a lot of things. So they're talking about selling assets their student loan book for instance is one of those things that they're um, trying to get rid of but the whole word on the street was yeah there was 500 people that lost their job in one aspect of Wells Fargo recently and then of course the 100 people who got fired for faking those EIDL loans there's word that up to 50,000 people of the 266,000 workforce Far and away, even more than Bank of America's workforce is going to be cut. They're going to cut its labor force by some 20 to 25 percent 
somewhere between 50 and 66,000 employees. Holy shit. There's 100,000 people in this town, and up to 66,000 of those people theoretically could work for Wells Fargo and lose their job. Holy crap. It's amazing, and yes, it's probably going to be over multiple years. It's not all going to be at once. But what's going to happen is it's going to be slow rolling, you know, they're going to, and you know, all the nerdy CEO types, everyone that's in a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Anyone that's in a conference call, you know, with investors and shareholders, they're going to say that this is a good thing. You cut all that dead weight out so the tree can grow bigger and all that. And um, there is a Wells Fargo statement that was provided to Fox 46 in Charlotte. And um, I'll do my bank voice for that. I'll say, <clears throat> we are at the beginning of a multi-year effort to build a stronger, more efficient company and improve the experience for our customers, employees, communities, and shareholders. The work will consist of a broad range of near, medium, and long-term actions, including workforce reductions, to bring our expenses more in line with our peers and to create a company that is more nibble, nimble, nibble, <laughs> streamlined, and customer-focused, Wells Fargo said in a statement. Customer focused because all they're going to focus on is fucking customers in the branch because they're going to cut their workforce by a fourth. My God, 66,000 people and um, the other 200,000 are going to have to be more nimble like a, like a gymnast, an Olympic gymnast in order to overcome those hurdles that are going to happen as a result of that. Yes, jobs will be cut in branches. Redundancies will happen. Instead of three bankers in a branch, there'll be one instead of a branch manager and assistant manager they'll just probably be one manager bank of america is doing a lot of that stuff now and um they're gonna try to save money that way and they're gonna try to save money that way although their spending their spending will be way down their revenue should go up and theoretically they should make more money that's just the way life is but the only reason that they're doing that is because of all the fallout and all the stupid shit that they've done since 2016 and the unauthorized account scandal so, you know, I was going to do a video about this before I did the audio podcast, but I wanted to really emphasize on this podcast too, you know, all these things that are going on with Wells Fargo are a direct result of a few hundred managers' actions and pushing their employees to hit their sales goals. Otherwise, they're going to write them up for not doing their job and stuff like that. That kind of bullying atmosphere being a manager is, you know, I hate people who say, well, you know, I'm the manager here. Who gives a shit? I was a manager at Bank of America. My card said relationship manager, and it's a true story. I swear to God, I asked my manager, the real manager of my Bank of America area, can we take the word manager off of my business card? Because I actually don't manage anything. I, I am a banker, a personal banker. I open accounts. You don't have to give me the manager's title because it means nothing to me. I'm not a stronger person because I was a manager. I do say that I was a manager of Bank of America on Twitter. It's just easier to say in a 280-character tweet. You know, I can go over the, the long and short of what my roles were at Bank of America in person or over the phone if you want. But in a 280-character tweet, yes, I was a manager. It's easy to say. But, you know, these people with complexes, Napoleon or whatever you want to call them, um, to say that, hey, I'm the manager here and you better hit your goal. Otherwise, there's going to be trouble. We'll look for someone else to replace you and all that. You have that horrible environment where a few hundred people who manage, you know, 10 to 20 banks in a region or something just piss on dozens of bankers. 
even the ones who hit their goals. Like, I got to tell you, I got shit talked to just as much when I hit 100% of my goal than I did when I was hitting 80. Because whenever you hit 100, it's like, how come you didn't get 120? When you get 120, why didn't you get 125? Come on, James. You could have got so much more. You're leaving money on the table. That's the way that these people think. So these few hundred people cost 5,300 people to get fired. Caused a bunch of reputational shit with Wells Fargo to happen. Where eventually, five years later, half a decade later, they're going to have to get rid of upwards of fifty to 66,000 people. Holy crap. So you know how they say, you know, and you know, every everyone will say to a T, man, the customers were impacted by the Wells Fargo, quote, fake account scandal. I'm saying that as the perspective of someone who's not me. <laughs> yes, customers were impacted. Their credit scores were hurt. Fees were charged. Things were happening. And it's going to take years to get rid of that stink as well. But it just didn't affect, you know, affect those millions of people who got unauthorized accounts. It is affecting millions more. And you know what I'm talking about. If 66,000 people get let go from Wells Fargo, guess what? They have a wife. They have two or three kids, you know, or they may have dogs, or they may have a senior relative that they take care of. Now, all of a sudden, that person's going to lose their job through layoffs and closures of banking centers and everything at Wells Fargo. And they're not going to have money, and they're going to get unemployment. And if unemployment has showed you anything during the pandemic, is that it's an unreliable system, especially when a big bank runs it. I'm looking at you, Bank of America. And you have that where you don't have money and kids have to eat and the senior has to buy their medicine and you need to pay the mortgage and your wife is just mad that you're not contributing the way that you should be. And then that trickle down effect of a bad household, you know, affects the kids and then the kids go to school and get into fights. They're they're kind of, you know, aloof about school. They're not doing well in school because of how stressed out mommy and daddy are. Wells Fargo, your bullshit is going to impact a million people who work for you and got a paycheck for you too. I don't know what the number is, but even if there's five, you know, people that rely on a paycheck from Wells Fargo in a household, 66,000, that's, that's, you know, 300,000 plus people. And then the residual effect of yelling at someone at the store or yelling at someone at the restaurant for putting lettuce in your burger, that trickle down effect happens to where... 66,000 people in Wells Fargo, everyone's going to say, good, fuck them. They deserve it for ripping off customers. Not those 66,000, man. Those 66,000 were there to help you. Those 66,000 people were there to help the customer through any bind. And now they're not going to be there to help you with any bind. The bank's going to say, fuck off if you have a problem. And there's going to be less people with less money in their pocket because Wells Fargo decided they weren't worthy to work there. It's going to be crap. And I don't know what to say to those people that are going to lose their jobs. And the 5,300, the ones who weren't a part of this masterminding plot of unauthorized accounts with Wells Fargo, tens of thousands of people impacted. And we saw through the virus in March and April with these millions of plus job losses. And yes, some of it has come back, but a lot of it hasn't. You see those people struggling. I saw these people waiting for boxes of food by the movie theater that shut down here by my house. That part is sad. And to know that Wells Fargo is going to be doing this probably Q1 of next year, um, as we've said before, the virus is not going away tomorrow. It's not going away on Wednesday. It's going to be here for a good long while, and those people are going to have no job. They're going to have no prospects of a job, and they may have shitty unemployment insurance. 
um, throughout the rest of the pandemic going into 2021. And that part is scary, man. I, I don't know what to say. And the fact that, um, you know, CEO Sharf has a lot of fat to cut off there. I understand that and I respect that. I mean, they won't, they would be stupid if they didn't do that. But the residual effect of all these job losses stem from one horrible event many years ago. And that's the sales pushing that was done by Wells Fargo managers to Wells Fargo bankers. The same type of stress, the same type of overselling that I was taught to do at Bank of America did happen at Wells Fargo. Um, they're the only ones that got caught. I'm waiting for Bank of America to to, to do the perp walk, and I really hope of bringing them there too. Um, but yeah, all that stuff happened, and the trickle-down effect is after all these years, people are going to lose their jobs because of some butterfly effect that happened with the unauthorized account scandal. When CEO of Bank of America Brian Moynihan 10 years ago came up with the quote new BAC plan, BAC is the stock ticker for Bank of America, um, they, they talked about a reduction in, in branches, they talked about a reduction in staff and all that stuff, and it didn't really feel like it was going to be you, meaning me. It didn't really feel like it was going to be my town because I'm like, oh yeah, this is a two-branch town, it's 110,000 people. Yeah, they need two branches because they only had one to be busy. <laughs> well, guess what fucking town only has one? My hometown of Las Cruces, New Mexico. They closed the one down that I was at. They fired me. They fired everyone from that other branch. And this other branch is struggling, struggling to breathe. It's always packed in there because of how shitty the service is, how slow the service is. And that's a result of some plan 10 years ago while Bank of America itself was trying to trim the fat because it did take a loss. And that was their last loss, I believe, in 2010. So Wells Fargo five years ago really fucked up. And now a lot of people are paying for it that had absolutely nothing to do with it. And, you know, and this news story on here, and I'll link to it in the show notes, there's some economist at NC State which says banks are under pressure uh, on multiple fronts. It says, two forces are at work. First, the pandemic has lingered longer than many expected, so banks are looking to cut costs. And then this is the second one, and this is the one that you know I fight for all the time. And he says, secondly, banks are seeing more cyber banking activity. <laughs> he sounds like he's from 1995 to get on the World Wide Web and, and on the information superhighway. So they have become even more convinced that the future isn't telebanking. Wow, that's an even older term. Rather than in-person banking. Okay, well, um, Professor Einstein here at NC State believes that... Um, logging on to the world wide web or the net as the cool kids call it is the reason why banks are looking to get rid of people far from it because you still need people to manage the cyber banking as he says activity there still needs to be it people people who honestly make a shit ton more money than a 20-hour bank teller so you you know you perpetuate that stereotype that oh everything is going digital Yes, there is a freaking self-checkout at all the Albertsons in my town, and I overuse the shit out of them because I'm a couponer. There's a self-checkout at Sprouts. You can do touchscreen ordering at kiosks at McDonald's, Taco Bell, whatever. We understand that there ne- there's needs to be less people, but don't use that as the excuse. Wells Fargo was stuck. They want to make money. They feel that they're spending too much, and they are going to play a game of Jenga, trying to get rid of so many people in order to sustain a business as a fucked up company that is keeping, you know, that keeps on fucking up, to be honest with you. So congratulations and good luck, Wells Fargo. I really hope that you feel good about, you know, getting rid of somewhere between 50 and 66,000 people if the reports are true here. Because like I said, 
that that phony account scandal that people like to call it, that unauthorized account scandal that happened five years ago, like I said, it impacted all those customers that will never trust you again. You fired probably 5,000 people who were just doing what they were told, and then the fifty to 66,000 people now have kids, have families, have responsibilities, and those people have responsibilities and needs for money and all that stuff, and now you're impacting them. Net gain for uh, Wells Fargo, $10 billion a year less in spending. Plus, they're going to turn a su- substantial profit once they start cutting all this fat. And I say fat like it's a bad thing. Hey, I love fat on my steak. I, you, know, you know what I mean? It, it's important sometimes. But we'll see what happens with Wells. Um, look forward to that day that that happens because... Twitter will blow up like a son of a bitch. I'll get a couple of hundred new followers. And a lot of people will hear me say, 50 to 66,000 jobs lost. That's another reason why your bank sucks and why I'm here to fight back. We're going to talk about my favorite bank after this brief promotional consideration. We're going to talk about Bank of America and what they did to their, quote, essential workers this week. And it's something that I knew about in mid-September. And I told people, and no one listened, and now whenever it did get leaked, everyone's like, oh, wow, you really knew. Yes, I know everything. So please stick around. (laughs) All right, my friends, we are back with more Notorious Banker. Now, I didn't know who Judd Legum was. I've heard the name before. I've seen the name before. I didn't really know who he was um, when I saw a tweet on on Monday. 450,000 followers. He writes popular information, a newsletter about politics and power. I, I wish I knew more about him. I mean, I, I love the media. I love writers. I am a writer myself. But I just I just don't know everyone, you know. And I just know on Twitter, whenever someone like that tweets, people just seem to follow. And I think that's a really cool thing. I want to have people who follow on my every word, too. Um, and it's it's hard to do sometimes, you know. It's hard to develop a fan base, and um, I I just remember one of the people who I was asking um, sponsorship for last year. He said the thing about it is it's just the churn, the churn of getting new followers and trust trusting new people and hanging on there every word and everything like that. I mean that that's important, and I know that with followers and trying to get sponsors and stuff like that. But I didn't know who Judd Legum was, but he had 450,000 followers. And hundreds of people are just commenting on everything that he does. And I'm like, hell yeah, that that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be that go-to person that talks about stuff like that. So he put out something on Monday. And it was interesting because he said, I am looking for someone who works at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. She'll remain anonymous. I just got to confirm a couple of things. I'm just kind of paraphrasing here because uh, I'm, as I'm recording this, my internet messed up. And uh, I was telling my wife and my wife was telling me, I was like, I hope we don't jinx it that the internet's not um, disconnecting us today like the way that it has been the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I foolishly say that Bank of America is um, sending a denial of service signal to my internet here. I'm kidding, of course, maybe. Um but Judd said, you know, if you have any information, I just need to confirm something, please DM me. And I felt the urge, I felt the desire to actually respond to him. Because I was like, anything that he is asking for, I can probably confirm. And as we know, um, late September, I did a podcast where I basically was straight up. And I said, you know what? 
I believe Bank of America is going to end pandemic pay. And I really do believe that people are going to be pissed. I really do believe I'll get a podcast out of it. I really do believe a lot of these things. And all I can say was I was right. (laughs) So John Legum posted something on his newsletter. CBS News followed later on that day. And I'm going to read CBS News things. Um, Judd has a newsletter and I'm sure he has subscribers. So I don't want to rain on his parade. CBS is a big corporation. So fuck it. Let's rain on their parade. Billion dollar corporation. So it says, Bank of America has stopped offering extra pay to some employees who continued working during the coronavirus pandemic, even with the financial giant minting billions of dollars of profits this year. It's something like $12 billion, I think, so far this year. It's going to probably get to 20 or close to it. Bank of America increased bi-weekly pay in March by $200 for branch employees and call center representatives. The company notified those workers last month that the enhanced pay would stop in October, and a source close to the matter confirmed that the program has ended. And now, here's the thing that pisses me off. Because we talked about this already. So I'll I'll talk about it some more. And I'll be upset some more here. And I think it's really all about the words sometimes with Bank of America. Because whenever they open up their mouth and it's just verbal diarrhea. It's legit verbal diarrhea. I, I tend to get upset. And it says, a copy of the email attained by popular information, that's Judd Legum, tells employees that Bank of America will, quote, transition our compensation plans to be more business as usual once again, and that the, quote, $200 special supplemental pay and special enhanced overtime pay programs will disappear. (sighs) Okay, well, I'll get to that in a second here. And then there's a paragraph towards the end of it here. It says, Bank of America pledged earlier this year not to lay off any employees because of the pandemic. They not publicly announced the hand that has their pay, of course, because they're pussies. Excuse my very misogynistic language there. I grew up in the hood. I grew up being called that. They're afraid. They're afraid of the backlash. You can't own up to it. Like, you know, men is the worst stereotype to say. Like, uh, like an adult. You couldn't be an adult and say this is ending. No, you couldn't do that. People leaked it and people were pissed. Yes, let them be pissed. It's like a little kid. When I don't have a kid, but I've had parents say, let them cry. They'll, they'll stop crying eventually. They can't cry all day. And that's the way you should kind of take the approach, Bank of America. But no, you're afraid. They've made $12.5 billion on revenue of $65 billion. They did not turn a, a loss in any of the quarters, the first three quarters here. Yes, they haven't made a lot of money, not as much as before, but still, $12 billion is $12 billion. You can buy any NFL team and then some for that amount of money. The thing that I have the issue with here, um, aside from the not telling people publicly, who have a right to know, I really do believe you have a right to know whenever it comes to stuff like this is the wording and i know that this was an internal memo i know it was on fco flagscape whatever you want to call it the internal website of bank of america as i called it but let me tell you what the words mean and i'll link to in the show notes again but it says transition our compensation plans to be more quote business as usual once again they're meaning that they're not going to give you a bonus just because. They're not going to give you a fucking participation trophy. You want $200 more every two weeks? You know what? Get us some checking accounts. 
Get us some debit cards. Get us some home loans. Home loan home loan market is back up. I want you to get some home loans. James, where are your referrals at? Hey, we have this new 3% option on our cash rewards credit card. How many credit cards have you got today, James? That's what business as usual is once again. It's not saying that you can't get bonuses. They're saying you're going to have to fucking work for it and hit some goals. And show some moxie, show some piss and vinegar in trying to get those things. And then, you know, the $200 special supplemental pay and special enhanced overtime pay programs will disappear. There were people that were making $1,000 a day at Bank of America working on a Saturday full time. $500 for a half day. I know this. Some of my internal people were telling me this. They were throwing the money around over there. I mean, like I said, you know, and it sounds so horrible to say it, but it's true. And when I write the book that I'm writing and when I talk about it with the media, when I talk about all the stuff that happened in 2020, the pandemic, the COVID-19 virus, sadly was the most important thing that happened to yours truly, the notorious banker, because it allowed me in a grander scale to talk about the shit things that go on with banks because millions of people felt them, not just, you know, a small subset of people in this world. Everyone had issues with big banks and I showed them why and I talked to them why and how I got more popular. I made money off of that. I made money helping people with PPP loans. I made money off of telling people how to get through busy phone trees, for God's sakes. I made money with unemployment. I made on you know unemployment benefits. I qualified because I am a service industry and I couldn't do my service. And then you know not to mention the podcast revenues and all that. I figure out a way to make it work. Couple that with grocery coupons and I was just fine and dandy. Thank you very much. And I'm just really really upset about how they just kind of say, "Well, it's back to normal." Welcome to the real world, Bank of America employees. Now here's the thing, and I can go on for an hour about this, and I won't. I want I don't want to waste your time, and it's 1.15 in the morning here. But like I told you, I never have a beef with the branch employees. Yes, there's some shit ones. There's some people who shouldn't work with customers ever. And um, I've worked with some people like that, and I've told some people, honestly, as a friend, I was like, why do you work here? It's It sucks. You know, it's not for you if you feel that way. It would be the worst job in the world if this and that happened. But most of them work really hard, and most of them are the the hustlers. You know, it's it's a it's a pyramid scheme. It's a MLM. It's like that company that has the leaf that sells you protein shakes. I won't say which one because I've heard that they monitor podcasts and sue people for saying their name. But those people, when you talk derogatory about them, they'll sue. And um, here's the thing: Bank of America is the same thing. Bank of America is exactly the same thing. You have all these lower-level people, tellers and bankers and branch managers, that are supposed to feed revenue upwards to the other levels, the area and the market leaders. And those people feed it up to the regional leaders, central region, west region, all those people. And those people fit, you know, feed it up to Steve Bolin, head of deposits. And that person goes up to, I think it's Tong Win, And then Tong Win feeds it up to Brian Moynan, CEO of Bank of America. So those people are working hard now to just kind of feed it upwards, and it sucks. It's a pain in the ass. It is horrible. 
that's the way life is. You're just that cog, you know what I mean? And it sucks to be that person. So I felt for them. Those people hear shit every hour on the hour about how shitty they are. At the end of the day, you could have done more. At the end of the week, you could have done more. At the end of the month, well, you did great, but you could have done better. You never get that positive reinforcement. And sometimes just throwing money at a problem will make it go away. You know, why do you think some people marry, like, housewives that just want nice diamond rings and fur coats and shit because yeah they, they don't have to like the person they live with but as long as you buy me shit i'll be okay <laughs> as long as there's food in my fridge i'll be okay and um i think a lot of the employees and not to minimize the risk of covid19 here but a lot of people said well i, I mean we're all gonna get sick someday that's a horrible way to say it and you know there's people who feel that way and teach their own i'm not going to get sick and you are more than likely you know the odds are in my favor but if you throw 200 dollars my way and you know it's coming in no matter what i really think it's going to be a good chance it's going to be a good sporting shot that i'm going to bear and been you know grin and bear it excuse me i can't talk and just work 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 until i am dead or dead tired and a lot of people who work at Bank of America in branches, they have families, single moms. You know, they want to have extra money for school. They want to buy money for Christmas presents. I never worked with someone who worked at Bank of America just for Christmas. But, you know, there are people out there who look a part-time job as a, hey, a little extra money in my pocket. I get childcare reimbursement from Bank of America, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's just the reality of some people. When you throw $200 their way, they're like, hey, well, I must be important. But then whenever they say it's business as usual at Bank of America, knowing the fucking fact, knowing the fact, and this might go to layoffs in the next year, that they're only open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. They're not open from 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 in big cities anymore. They're open 10 to 4 in, in, in all the locations. They're closed on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays in some states, which is weird. And they're just making it difficult to cash checks. They're making it difficult to even deposit your checks. They're making it difficult for you to get large amounts of money for your customer. You've seen it all. And we've we've felt it all and we've dealt with it all. They're finding ways to piss off the customer. And now those sales goals aren't going to hit. And guess what? Not only are they not having to pay $200 bi-weekly for branch employees, they're not going to have to pay bonuses because those people aren't going to hit their bonuses. Then, just then, at that point in time, Bank of America say, well, you know, we have some underperforming bankers and we're going to unfortunately lay off, you know, 2,000 of them effective June 30th of 2021. That's where it's going, guys. This bi-weekly pay missing is just a drop in the bucket. When they say business as usual, they mean sales goals. And when they mean sales goals, they mean you better goddamn get on it or you're not even going to get that bonus and you're not going to get $200. You won't even get a raise. In fact, you might get a write-up and you may not work here anymore. That's what it's all about in the end, guys. A lot of people don't see that. And there's so many people commenting, talking about how evil Bank of America is. And they are. You know what I mean? And it, it, it is. And it's, it is what it is. There's people who want to talk on behalf of the employees saying they got a shit, you know, shit job. They got a shit end of the stick. And there's someone who has a blog about Bank of America. And we've talked about her before on the podcast. And I really hope to interview her on the podcast who probably has something to say about this end of pandemic pay as well, um, to understand that the people who are in the know know what that not having $200 means. And there's some conversation going on is how, how am I going to earn more money? 
and how am I going to be able to get more customers in this place and you may not close down the branch if you have shit hours still. If you're closed on a Wednesday for some godforsaken reason like they are in Georgia, what's going to happen then? A lot of questions if you're an employee right now. And yes, they got a heads up last month. I got the heads up last month that they were ending pandemic pay. I uh, sent it to a couple of my reporter friends. Not a lot of people really, like, you know, obviously they didn't go with it because it is speculation, although I should be a trusted source of Bank of America at this point. Um, I understand that part of it. And I'm a commentator, and I don't have the same skills as a journalist, as a reporter. But I will tell you what it is, and I will tell you my opinion on it, and that's all I can give, but I'm pretty damn good at it. And knowing this for a month, knowing that it was going to happen, knowing that the shit was going to hit the fan, I didn't realize so many people were going to go to bat for the employees, and I really think that that was great. And I'm really happy about the fact that they did that because I think a lot... Okay, let me just just rephrase it this way. I think a lot of branch customers who choose to go to the branch, not who get pushed to go to the ATM or deposit mobile, who want to stand in line who want to talk to James, the friendly teller, who wants to talk to Stacy, the friendly manager, or whatever. Stacy was my friend at Bank of America. And just shoot the shit and talk for a minute or two, forget about work, forget about that. Hey, how's your kids? Oh, did you see a game last night? Oh, wow. Man, that human interaction is worth its weight in gold. And to know that you're going to have some bitter fucking people working at these branches because they have been told by their bank... That is business as usual, despite the fact everyone's wearing a fucking mask. That everyone's walking around with hand sanitizer. That everyone has to stand six feet apart. That people have to make appointments now if they want to do anything. The fact that you close on Wednesdays. The fact that you close at 4 p.m. like we used to do in a small town. And open at 10 a.m. like almost no other bank does. Except for small town banks. <laughs> um, you have all this shit going on and it's business as usual. Your PR scumbags, those PR horrible people that work for Bank of America and lie the way that politicians have chiefs of staff lie for them are horrible to own the moment by saying it's business as usual. Even if that was never supposed to see public eyes, say it in a different way. Say we have contributed over, I'm just, I'm going to paraphrase something here. I'm going to just pull it out of my ass. Then we'll wrap it up. Here at Bank of America, we've contributed over $200 million to our amazing staff of 205,000 employees at Bank of America who worked hard, dedicated every ounce of their strength in one, fighting the pandemic, two, making sure our customers are okay, and three, working as hard as possible to make sure that an essential service such as banking is available to our 66 million customers. As the year goes on and conversations have been had, we regret to inform you that there is going to be a termination of the $200 bi-weekly pay effective October 31st. While I know this must be frustrating and upsetting to some, I can't thank you enough for the amount of effort you've done in the last six months. And know, just know that Bank of America will be there for you in your time of need. And we will continue to work hard to provide the best work experience, the best experience for our customers, and a fair and decent wage for our employees. Signed, Brian Moynihan. See, I can fucking be Brian Moynihan for Halloween, okay? 
you say something like that, and I've, I've broken people's hearts before, in, you know, socially, and I've broken people's hearts at the bank, where, you know, Bank of America was too good to fucking have a home loan conversation with someone who just wants to learn about owning a home because he or she has kids, and they want their kids to experience the backyard and all that. And then you get that one person on the phone that says, well, yeah, your credit score is 590. Uh, maybe if you work on it for a year or two, you could have this conversation. You know, I would recommend getting a credit card with a bank. Not even fucking Bank of America. Those people would say, get a credit card with a bank and maybe bring uh, ten to 15000 down payment to the table. Meanwhile, I'm looking at these people and they have $1,000 in their account. Dreams pissed on, shit on, kicked on. And I had to, I'd had to break hearts at that point and say, well, you know, these credit analysts, they, they don't really have the words that I have when it comes to situations like this. And unfortunately, it looks like your credit's a little low right now, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I've met people who have turned their credit around. I've I've met people who have done amazing things in a short amount of time. And, and trust me when I say I'm glad that you have this conversation now. That way you know. And you know that you have a job to do. You have a mission to do to get this done. And I, I, I don't plan on going anywhere. So I want to see you here in a year. And we'll have this conversation again and see where we stand. Trust me on that. And people would cry. People would be happy. They'd be like, thank you, James. That means a lot. You know, I've had to break people's hearts before. So, fuck, why don't, you, why don't you hire me to be public relations and, and, you know, employee relations at Bank of America? Because I just basically gave you a rah-rah speech, even though I told you I'm taking your fucking money away. And with something like that, and I'm, I, don't, I didn't read, the, well, I have the whole letter, um, someone sent it to me. But you want to motivate people and say, this is going away, yes, and we didn't think it was going to be here forever. But here's the thing, okay? We wanted to invest in our people to make sure that we had a supply a supply chain of amazing workers. And you guys are amazing workers. And we will make sure that we give you every chance to succeed here at Bank of America. Right now, this $200 thing does not make sense in the current environment that we're in. But trust me when I say we're monitoring all activity, all amazing things that you guys are doing. And we're going to work hard to continue to make you thrive at this amazing place that we call Bank of America. Man, I could write a fucking sonnet for these people and they'll love it. But no, business as usual. Bank of America back at it. They're like, shit, we made $5 billion and 200,000 people are dead. And some of us are still going into lockdown, including here 30 miles away in El Paso, Texas. They don't need you, meaning the the low-level branch employees. They don't need the low-level customers either. They're there to make billions of dollars off of the rich people. And this $200 thing is going to blow over, and some people will remember it, and some people will forget it. But I won't. I won't, even though I never got it, because I want people to understand that when decisions are made like this, it is by a person who has never sat across from a customer the way that I did 30 to 40 times in a day, thousands of times in a month, just sitting there listening to their problems, trying to understand their needs, trying to work hard to figure out a best course of action financially with an overbearing boss over your shoulder saying, hurry the fuck up, why is that person in your office so long? That's what I did for a living. I deserve $200 a week more, to be quite frank with you, whenever I worked there. It took me so long to get from $8.25 an hour at Bank of America in 2005 to where I was at the time of termination, but I embraced every moment of it. And it was so cool to wake up every couple of weeks and see 
commas in your paycheck and your net pay and I really appreciated that and I'm so thankful for it a lot more now that I don't have that so please go to patreon.com slash notorious banker guys but you know it's all well and good because I think at the end of the day Bank of America shows its true colors in weird ways sometimes if there's a lot of um, employee backlash with this stuff if there's a lot of pressure put on it to where maybe they'll reconsider or worse yet, something godforsaken happens with the virus or just the way that we're kind of living in 2021. I want Bank of America to reflect on the time they decided to fuck over so many people who made Bank of America at least bearable in some cases in certain locations by working as hard as they can, working hard behind a mask, working hard having to touch dirty money and dirty checks at all times working hard at running the risk of getting the virus and passing it on to loved ones. Bank of America has a market cap of over $200 billion. And this $200 bi-weekly pay thing that Bank of America is getting rid of, you know, you divide that by per week, it's $100. You divide that by 40 hours, it's $2.50. I was just telling my wife, because I have like 45 Dr. Pepper bottles in our pantry and it just takes up a lot of fucking room and you know i was talking about how dr peppers are enjoyable by the bottle it's a weird analogy i know Uh, and i was telling her i was like i bought these for 99 cents a six pack i was like i can't have this soda whenever i want because it's 229 at the gas station down the road yes you know i consider 229 expensive for a dr pepper so when you break down a hundred dollars a weekly pay down by 40 hours and it's 250 an hour more i'm like god damn i can buy a dr pepper every hour an expensive dr pepper at that so yes this money means a lot to me it would mean a lot to me so you sure as shit knows it will mean a lot to these people who are getting it taken away right now it's just wrong Bank of America, we're going to go through a long winter here. We're going to be wearing masks well into 2021. I celebrated my 37th birthday by getting a mask from my Auntie Twinkle of my favorite band, Static X. It's a mask that I still wear occasionally when I go to the store. I'm going to be 38, and I'm going to be wearing a mask going to the store in about six months. And it sucks. It's really bad. So, neglect... i rather you use the words... You know, during these unprecedented times, or during these extraordinary times, or during these trying times, then business as usual. Because you know what, Brian Moynihan, Steve Bolin, all of the merry men trickling down all the way through the markets, the regions, the branches, and all that. You could all kiss my ass. You have hardworking employees there that put up with a lot of bullshit. They get yelled at a lot because of your stupid rules. And now you're taking away the one thing that made it worth even going to work. Despite the fact that there's a virus that can kill them. Shame on you and screw you, guys. It's another reason why your bank sucks. And honestly, to any employee from Bank of America who's listening to this, who just wants to be listened to by someone who has an empathetic ear, I'm here to fight back. My name is James, a notorious banker. Thank you so very much for listening to this podcast. It went a little bit longer than I thought. What a fucking shock, right? But talking about Wells Fargo, 66,000 jobs possibly being lost. When I'm when you're hearing a couple of hundred bucks a week going to Bank of America Associates now being taken away 
but business still remains as unusual as it is, despite the fact Bank of America says it's as usual. It's a scary world out there. It's a unique world, and we'll always have something to talk about, and all of it can be bullshit at times. But I'm here to make sense of it, guys, and as the notorious banker, someone who fights back against big banks for customers, I want to let you know that I am going to do it for certain employees, too. I really look forward to the next several days, weeks, and months of providing you amazing content, telling you funny stories, and just making things real. These two stories were as real as it gets, my friends, so I really hope you have time to think about it. Talk to your local Wells Fargo or Bank of America manager about the possibilities of this, and gauge their feelings about it, because frankly, you should see it for yourself. You shouldn't just hear it from me. If there's a bank that you go to, talk to them about it. Even mention me. Say, I was hearing this notorious banker guy talking about what's going on with job losses and money being cut and stuff like that. And see how they respond. I think it's telling that a lot of people will not respond. And that should be your cue to get the hell out of there. Patreon.com slash Notorious Banker. Subscribe for as little as $1. James at NotoriousBanker.com or the NotoriousBanker at gmail.com. At Notorious Banker on TikTok. I have a YouTube channel. It's available on the show notes. I have a link tree that I set up with all of my different links to my various content. Guys, follow me everywhere. Support my content. Press play on a podcast every now and then. Even if you don't listen to it. Because I do get some revenue off of that. I do it for you. And I know that there's certain videos that I got that get a thousand views in a day. There's certain ones that are kind of avant-garde that maybe get a tenth of that. But it's all done with the same heart, the same energy that I really want you to see how just fucking crazy big banks are. And why we need to talk about it and why we need to do something about it. And I really want you to see all this content and realize that if you don't like big banks, I'm your guy. So please, please, please subscribe to anything that I have. Hit play on anything that I have. Allow the Notorious Banker to continue to fight on against big banks. I am likely going to be here on Monday night with another podcast, so this one will be fresh for three or four days, and I may post it late Monday night, early Tuesday morning, that way I can have the day off and watch the presidential election. I really hope you tune in too. I know it can be tiring as hell sometimes, but you know what? This is American history every time we have one of these things, so pick your local news channel or your favorite national news channel, kick back. Do what I'm going to do, get a stuffed crust pizza, break your cheat day, and just eat and have a you know, soda, beer, a mixed drink, and, and enjoy the world around you. Even if the person may not win that you're going for, take that time to reflect like I'm going to on Tuesday. It's important. It's an important part of American life. And I really, really hope to see you back in a few days with another podcast Leave a five-star review. Leave great comments um, on Apple Podcasts. Please save my show to your Spotify. Allow me to show these advertisers, these sponsors, that I am the real deal, and I'm here to help fight back against big banks. So until then, my friends, my name is James, the Notorious Banker, signing off for my podcast, saying thank you so very much. Um, Turn your clocks back, even though we don't have manual clocks anymore, and you have a great weekend. Thank you.